hospital will say it to you, we cannot afford the ratios. If you had more nurses, the patients will be less likely to stay longer in the hospital. The patients will be less likely to have a bed sore. The patients will be less likely to have pneumonia because if you turn and position your patients, then they're not, these are called hospital acquired injuries because of short staff. For the New York State AFL-CIO, I'm Darcy Wells, and this is Union Strong. I'm proud. I'm proud. I am proud. I'm proud to be Union Strong. To be Union Strong. Be Union Strong. To be Union Strong. I'm a teacher, and I'm Union Strong. I wouldn't have it any other way. Nancy Hagens is the president of the New York State Nurses Association and National Nurses United, the largest union and professional association of registered nurses in the country. And Nancy is our guest today on the Union Strong podcast. Nancy, thank you for joining us today. Good morning. Thank you. And thank you for having me. Well, we're so happy to have you here. You guys have been very busy. Um, You know, we've seen workers all across the country and in New York State getting out and and, um, Uh, standing together and really making sure that their voices are heard uh, more than we've seen in such a long time. It's really a remarkable moment. And that's true in the healthcare industry as well, and particularly with nurses. So I wanted to start just by asking you, what are the main issues right now that's having you have to make that difficult decision, as was the case earlier this year, to go out on strike? Well, um, first of all, I would like to acknowledge, I mean, for us, we've had an incredible year. I think it was our most successful year yet. And that we hope that we brought more energy and solidarity to other nurses in the labor labor movement with our campaign across New York. Our work ensures that working conditions improve for nurses so we could provide the highest quality of care to our patients. That's really what brought us to strike this year. And for the first time in the US history, nurses have were able to want when enforceable safe patient ratio expedited arbitration with penalty and people would say what is that it's very important right now because if we work in a condition the hospital is responsible for the understaff and they will be penalized with a penalty and it came after our nurses stood up and went to a three-day strike. Our nurses from Montefiore Hospital and Mount Sinai. And that result really paid off. Not only that we want staffing ratio and enforcement that will improve patient care, we already put it to test. And since hospital hire more nurses and have paid financial penances for understaffing. The wage increase we want inspired our nurses around the state and other unions to do the same. We also protected our benefit funds, ensuring essential health care benefits of our members and their families yet to come. If you don't have enough nurses, we're not going to be able to care for our patients. More nurses, better care. When we stood up and went on strike, it was about our patients, it was about our communities, and about how to care for our patients, and also our working environment. Because as a nurse, if I go to work and I don't have the proper tool, the proper PPE, I will not be able to care for my patient. Also, with this wins in New York City, we had the best victory this summer. We won pay parity 
for the public health nurses who've been paid far less than the private nurses. We won the largest wage increase in the union history. The HNS nurses were mostly women of color, making that an issue. They were making less, $20,000 less than the private nurses. And also, it was a racial inequality, not only for our nurses, for our communities of colors, because we were not able to attract nurses to work in the HNH system. We have provided that. That is called racial and equal justice for our public. Around the state, we settled dozens of contracts and other contracts that will improve our members' working condition and, again, our patients' condition. We recently celebrated our one-year anniversary of affiliation with National Nurses United, the largest and the biggest nurses union in the country. And we are so excited to be part of the national movement an international labor movement as well, because when we stood up in January, not only the whole nation stood up with us, people around the world stood up and say, it's time, it's time for nurses to stand up. It's time for us to say enough is enough. And I wonder, Nancy, do you think that the pandemic must have changed that, right, for nurses? I mean, there was, not only was there no break for nurses, but there there was just intense pressure, their own safety. We've done uh, a program on the Union Strong talking to nurses about what they went through and worried about their families and themselves and patients. I mean, was that just the breaking point of, you know what, if we're going to do this job, we need the respect, we need that parity. You know, you, you've got to show us more to put our lives on the line like that. Is that fair to say? Yes. And also bear in mind, the pandemic did not make the nursing shortage, as people would say. The pandemic really educated the public how understaffed we've been working. And at the end of the day, we went to work day and hour. We put everybody ahead of us, our families. I mean, I had to pretty much stay, live in my garage, not go upstairs in order to protect my two young daughters as well as my mother. Who, who was an elderly, and all of us did that. We lost a lot of, of our members because the hospital did not want to provide enough PPE for the nurses, although they had it, but they kept it. And the public realized, you know what, at the end of the day, the nurses saved New York, and I could say it over and over. We saved New York because the hospitals, um, corporation, the administrators, the CEOs, they all stayed home. They work virtually. Nurses, we cannot work virtual. We had to be in the room with the patients. We were the one to pick up a cell phone and FaceTime their loved ones so their loved ones could have that last communication with them because they couldn't touch them. We were their family. We were their loved ones. We were the ones who were there to watch them catch their last breath and make sure that they went with dignity and make sure that they were taken care of with dignity. We worked 24 was it day seven days a week we could not something no one realized a delivery person would not deliver a refrigerator to my house because they find out i was a nurse hmm. people were even afraid to come to us because they thought we would get them sick and we said this could have been prevented only if people listened to us way before let's have preventive measures let's have proper ppe let's have quality care that's one of the reasons we stood up in January and said, enough is enough. 
we're not going to go back to 2020. And now that strike ended up, that only lasted a couple days, right? Yes, three days. Very three good. Days. We had 17,000 members who were willing to go on strike. And 99% of our members did authorize a strike vote. And some of the hospital management knew better. They decided to settle with us. And Montefiore and Mount Sinai decided not to settle. So where are you now with that? Oh, as we said, you know, we've seen more staffing improvement. Mm -hmm. And we have gone to uh, arbitration with Mount Sinai Hospital where they've lost. And they had to pay uh, monetary toward the nurses. And then we continue because, you know, we have a lot of work ahead of us. A contract is a contract, but we also have to make sure that the hospitals are held responsible to hire more nurses. We have had more nurses coming in. We have hired more nurses. And we want to continue to make sure that the working condition is safe enough where we keep the nurses. Because everybody talks about there's a nursing shortage. And I keep saying it's not a nursing shortage. The state of New York have over a million licensed nurses that are not working at the bedside because of the working condition. And we want to bring back these nurses back to the hospital. And the only way to do it was to change the working condition. And we've done that. So it's really not a nursing shortage. It's about understaffing. Right. Absolutely. It's about it's about bringing the nurses' retention. You know, you're going to hire the nurses, but you have to be able to retain them. So we are excited to continue to fight for the workers' rights and the healthcare justice. Our priority right now is to continue to push in for safe staffings. Hospitals, you know, have not done really enough to keep nurses at the bedside, like I said earlier. In some cases, we are pushing to increase the staffing ratios. You know, hospital will say to you, we cannot afford the ratios. If you had more nurses, the patients will be less likely to stay longer in the hospital. The patients will be less likely to have a bed sore. The patients will be less likely to have pneumonia because if you turn and position your patients, then they're not, these are called hospital acquired injuries because of short staff. So that's what we're doing. And we're doing it here in the capital region that the union members can support we're asking them to support the Ellis Bellevue Hospital Women's Center right now because they're trying to cut the program. This nurses' contract expired last spring, and they've been negotiating ever since. While nurses are being asked at Ellis Medical Center and being to deliver on their promise for safe staffing, Ellis has engaged in regressive bargaining, proposing to even fewer nurses to care for patients. So that's a concern for us because we've done that in New York City, but we have to look at the whole state because the lack of investment in safe staffing is, is a problem. Right now, we're going to it with Ellis and, um, and the capital region. We are concerned because there's a merger with St. Peter's Health Partners and a healthcare corporation with a concerning track record of service closure, especially those that don't bring high revenues for the hospital. Because St. Peter's is ran by Trinity, we are concerned about the impact of the merger that could have on the women's productive health system. Because in a place like that, when you want to close the labor and delivery in the maternity ward, what happens when somebody goes into labor? And we are watching the hospital turning into a corporation. And we are asking 
to put patience before profit. And that's what all the patients want <laughs> too, by the way. And the patients are realizing it. The public, we are educating the public. The hospitals is turning your place of care into a profit record. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you, I know you testified recently before a Senate committee um, that meeting about this very issue, talking about what we can do at the federal level about understaffing. Can you talk to me about what your message is to Congress? Well, right now, Sheriff Brown has a proposal for the across the country, across the na nation, to have a nurse-patient ratio. And we are encouraging Congress to pass that law because it's not only here in New York, it's everywhere. More nurses, better care. At least in New York, some of our hospitals are union and to our contractual language, we could ensure patient-nurse ratios. But across the country, 80% of hospitals are non-union. So we can imagine the nurse-patient ratios. I've spoken to nurses in Alabama. I've spoken to nurses in Florida. A med surge where their ratios should be one to five. They are caring for 12 patients, for 13 patients. They are caring for 20 patients in the emergency room. So we are asking Congress to pass that bill. And we were blessed enough to have Senator Sanders with us, who's also endorsing this patient-nurse ratio. It's a vital, it's important. We live in the richest country in the world and our outcome is so bad, not because we don't, we have the resource, we need to provide proper resources to the hospitals across the country. Can I ask you, um, Nancy, what, what drew you to the nursing profession? How, what made you decide that you wanted to be a nurse? Initially, I went to college. I wanted to do pre-law. Then, unfortunately, my dad became ill. He had a brain tumor, which was not curable. And, and I just watched the way the nurses took care of my father. And I was about to graduate, and I said, I want to be a nurse. And my family looked at me and said, but you always wanted to be a lawyer. I said, I want to be a nurse. From that time on, I changed my major and I became a nurse. And from the day on, and I always said, every patient is a VIP. When I go in the hospital, I'm gonna take care of my patients as if I were taking care of my dad, my mom, my sibling, or my grandparents. And that's always been my motto. And that's why I will continue to fight for the equal justice, for proper patient care throughout the country. Well, that's great. And you often, if you've ever, anyone's been in a hospital or had family in a hospital, you feel that. You can tell that there's that connection usually with nurses. It comes from something deep like that to give of yourself, to be able to be so caring to others. We see it all the time. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. For me, being an ICU nurse, I never not have enough time for loved ones. Even if my shift is over, sometimes my coworkers say, oh, here she is staying because the minute that you said, I need to talk to you, I did not understand it. And I would make up that time. And that's what we do. I go to work at 7 o'clock. I should be out at 7.30. I'm lucky if I live at 10 o'clock. I'm lucky if I had a cup of coffee. That cup of coffee we had could have been our first and our last meal. That's the reality because we don't have time to take a break. And we don't want to walk away from someone. The worst feeling you could have as a nurse 
is when that person wanted to say something to you and you didn't have the time. And when you go back to work the next day, that person is no longer there. At the end of the day, you feel that as you, you lost that person because it's something you didn't do, you couldn't do. And as nurses, that burden should not be on us. We should have enough time. Being a nurse is not just walking in the room and give the medication to the patient and, and walk away. Being a nurse is to nurse, is to hold their hands, is to make sure that they don't have a transfusion reaction, is to make sure if it's the first time they, they're being told about a diagnosis. When you're going home, who's going to take care of you? Who do I, what kind of referral do I make to you? Is to ask that person if they realize that they come in from an abusive household to make sure that you don't send them back there, to make sure that that person is going to have referrals for their mental health. That's what being a nurse should be about. Not just say, oh, okay, you're next and bye. And if you don't have enough staff, that's what's happened. We don't address mental health, okay? You bring somebody in the hospital, you put them on medication, for bipolar, but they don't have a place to live. They don't have a follow-up. How do we make sure that they're taking the medication? Right. Well, so let me just wrap then, Nancy, by asking you, anyone watching this, anyone, uh, you know, listening to this, what can we do to uh, support the nurses? Continue to do what you're doing, supporting us, helping us to educate, helping us to pass legislation, making phone calls to the Department of Health, because right now we have a staff in law. And the Department of Health is not being assertive enough to make sure that the hospitals are being uh, liable, the hospitals are providing proper nurse-patient ratios. Because for me, I have a resolution for the next year. My resolution is to be bold, is to be brave. So the nurses were not stood up with the healthcare giant and corporation, and we won. So we all are also asking all of you to stand up with us, not only for the labor movement, for our professions, for our communities, you know. We want that equality for all workers. I think we saw it this year. Look what happened at Kaiser. Look what happened with the SAG writers mm -hmm. and the workers around the country. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for it for your continuous support and more and see the workers fighting back and reclaim our power to stand up to the big corporations. Well, congratulations on your victories. That's it's so important. It's a benefit to everyone, of course. So uh, Nancy Hagens, thank you for joining me on the program, president of the New York State Nurses Association and National Nurses United. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you. Joining me on the podcast is our communications and campaign coordinator, Liz O'Neill. Hi, Liz. Hi, Darcy. You know, any of us, obviously, when you need health care, it's so important to everyone. And, and if we've been in a hospital yourself or had family or friends there, you rely on the nurses. So we can all relate to that, the fact that you've got to have enough staff to care properly for people. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we have to pay the nurses. We have to give them benefits. We have to have good working conditions. It's critical. It's absolutely critical. And all they want is so that, you know, if they have to take a break, we want them to be able to take a break. We want them to be at 100%, of course, when they're caring for people, and that's all that they want. Right. And the fact that we even have to talk about that is insane. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they should have breaks. And there's no doubt this really came to light for a lot of people, I think, as a result of the pandemic. Um, 
but they're making a lot of gains. They've had a lot of victories and, you know, we're happy to support them any, any time that we can. And they have a campaign that's going on right now in the capital region. And that's with um, Ellis Medicine and the Bellevue Women's Center. And they have a petition. So can you just remind folks how they can get involved in that? Yeah, absolutely. We're going to put the link to the petition in our show notes. Um, so just make sure you go there, sign in, and be really helpful to the nurses. Great. Okay. Thanks, Liz. Thanks, Darcy. This has been a production of the New York State AFL-CIO. Our president is Mario Salento. Our secretary-treasurer is Terry Melvin. We're a federation of 3,000 unions representing 2.5 million union members, retirees, and their families with one goal, to raise the standard of living and quality of life of all working people. We keep New York State unions strong by fighting for better wages, better benefits, and better working conditions. For more information on the labor movement in New York, visit nysaflcio.org. Until next time, stay union and stay strong.